Amen. Welcome. Uh, if you're brand new with us, my name is uh, Pastor Dave, and I feel louder than normal right now. Um, but uh, thank you so much for joining with us for a, a Sunday morning that is a little bit different from the average Sunday morning. If you are new, come back uh, next week. You'll hear a much better preacher than me, uh, John Opuluski, who is a friend of this church. John crushes it every single time. He came, I think it was, it was about eight years ago or so and uh, preached one of the best messages on dealing with depression and emotional attack, and just, it was a healing service, phenomenal service, and John will be here for Palm Sunday, this coming uh, Sunday, then Good Friday, then Easter Sunday morning. I am stoked about Easter. Any pastor who does not get excited about Easter needs to find a new job. That's the Sunday. That's Super Bowl Sunday, or for non-sports people, Daytona 500 Sunday. That'll sink into a few of you NASCAR people right there. Sorry. Uh, but I'm excited about what God has in store for uh, this church. Um, and what we've designed this Sunday to be is this Sunday is what we call our Partnership Summit. And what that really means is our church doesn't have membership. Some of you are like, hallelujah, church without membership. Uh, we're going to take a step back there because we have something called partnership. And what partnership means is those that have chosen to identify as a core attendee of this assembly, because you can go to church and not be a part of a church. Did you know that? You can go to a church and not actually be a part of things. You can just be an attender. But what we call upon is we call upon individuals that are ready to take kind of a next step and be a partner of this assembly, be a partner of us, which means that they, they want to be part of the core. They want to be a part of the, the DNA of this church. They'll say, uh, it's more than just I'm showing up to K-First, but I'm choosing to be identified as a partner or what some people might say a member of K-First. And so um, a few times a year, we will gather the partners together, but we always do it on one Sunday morning so that we can celebrate partnership. We're going to welcome in new partners today. Uh, we're also going to choose our board members. Uh, some of you, you grew up in churches where they voted for board members. Guess what? At K-First, we do not vote for board members. We do not have popularity votes. We do not do church politics. Pastor Dave is allergic to church politics. And that's why I've been able... Oh, I see some people are excited about that. Some of you have gone to deacon-possessed churches. We do not have one of those churches here. Uh, we have trustees, and we have an opportunity to, uh, we have a nomination process, and what we do is we actually have names that are put on envelopes, and we pull out their names after we have already prayed over them. I have fasted over these names and over the process, and we have three open seats, and today, today we will just pull out those names, and we feel it's very much like the book of Acts, where that said, it seems good to us in the Holy Spirit, and so we thought if it was good enough for Acts, it's good enough for K-First, so it's going to be a little bit like like the Oscars, but not last week's Oscars. <laughs> I had to fill a Will Smith joke in somewhere in here. But we are just going to celebrate the goodness of God today. And I think one of the best ways to kick off a time, instead of introducing new partners to K-First, instead of kicking it off with introducing new trustees to K-First, instead of kicking off anything else, I think one of the best ways to start a service that centers around celebrating the goodness of God is to do baby dedication. I love doing baby dedication. And so I'm going to ask a few uh, children to come forward and by all means bring your parents with you. 
Some of you can't walk yet, so bring your parents with you. So over to my, let's start on this side. We're going to have Juniper. Would you come and bring your parents with you? Then next we'll have Priya. Then after that, Kanai is going to be coming. I think Kanai is still possibly on the way. So if we see Kanai, we're just going to motion for him to come down and, and have mom come with. And then we're going to have Cooper on the very end over here. This is the part of the service where nobody pays any attention to me whatsoever, but they only pay attention to the little ones. By all means, you should. Look at these. Aren't they gorgeous? <laughs> the left side thought so more than the right side. I always sense that when I'm up here. Awesome. Parents, would you just turn toward me? This is one of my greatest honors as a pastor. Because when I look at what is in your hands, I say that the church is in very good hands. Because you've brought these kids here not for us to bless you per se, it's for us to do exactly what we see Jesus do for him to bless these children. And so I celebrate what God is doing I celebrate how God is working. I celebrate what God has just poured into your lives and what he has blessed your life with. And so this is what we're going to do. We're gonna speak over these children. And this dedication children is for services for these children that God has given to you as parents to be as blessings, to be as a, a source of hope and inspiration. And you have all requested this service because you recognize that your responsibility upon raising these ones is something very serious to be taken. Psalms 127 says, kids are a heritage from God, a reward from him. And so as believers, we are called to recognize that these children, first and foremost, they belong to Jesus. And we have the opportunity to care for that gift and the privilege of enjoying the gift. And because these children first belong to the Lord and they're given to us by grace, it is only proper that we dedicate these children back to the Lord. In 1 Samuel 1, Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. Luke 2.22, Mary and Joseph brought their baby Jesus to the temple in order to present him before the Lord in the same way you parents are here to present yourselves and your children to the Lord. So I charge you, according to Deuteronomy 6, that says, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord with all of your heart, with your soul, and with your strength. These commandments I give to you today are be upon your hearts. So parents, first of all, this says, you love the Lord. And then after that, it says, impress that upon your children. Talk about them when you sit home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Uh, Ephesians 6, fathers, don't provoke your, provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. So parents, I charge you before God to bring up your children in the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. I charge you to fulfill this vow by precept and example. I charge you to commit your child's life and future into the hands of our loving God. And if God in his infinite wisdom should choose to use your child in a way that you did not plan on, I charge you to not just give your consent, but to actively encourage your child in the service that the Lord would choose for him or her. If you accept this charge, would you answer by saying, we do? 
Would you turn and face this congregation? Ladies and gentlemen, I ask you to make a vow as well. Today we assume the responsibility before God as a church. And I charge you as a congregation, will you do all that you can to provide and support a place of worship and instruction where these children will hear the full counsel of God? Will you set by example with your lives to maintain an atmosphere in this church which inspires each kid to follow Jesus? Those willing to accept this charge, would you answer, we will? I'm going to ask, I would normally ask my wife to come up and join me to start dedicating, but we're going to do something a tad different because the very first person we're going to dedicate is Juniper, who is the daughter of our youth pastor, Pastor Carissa. And I thought it's only fitting that her dad, Pastor Marty, would be the one to dedicate Juniper. So Pastor Marty, go for it. Want to come up here, Lisa? Oh, Lisa's going to stay and take pictures. Hi, Junie. Hi there. There I am. Hi. Yeah. We love you. I just wanted to tell you today that you come from a great legacy of those who follow Jesus Christ and that God loves and that your parents love Jesus and love God. And we want you at some point in your life to love Jesus the way we do. And we're going to do all in our power to help you do that. And one of the things I love about your name, Juniper, is it is one of the few of God's creations, plants, a tree that is recognized through all cultures and all times as being a tree that represents strength, wisdom, usefulness, and beauty. Isn't that amazing? And so we're going to dedicate you to the Lord right now, and we're just going to claim these blessings over you. So Juniper and Wygant, we dedicate you to God in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. And we know that your life is going to be one of amazing things, the strength, the wisdom, the joy that you're going to bring in proclaiming Jesus to this world. So today, let it mark the day that we as a community recognize that you are special, special to God and special to this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Next, we are going to dedicate Priya, Lily. Priya means beloved, and Lily means pure. And so, Lord, we today dedicate Priya. And, Lord, I speak that name, beloved. The scripture says in the book of Song of Solomon, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. I'm so glad that you look at this beloved, and Jesus, you say, she is mine. She's yours. She is your daughter. She is your child. And Lord, I pray that her life would exude that message to the world around her, the love of the Father, that people would look at their lives and realize in the eyes of God, they are loved. And so, Lord, I speak over this beloved, pure one, that her life, her virtue, the message of her mouth, God, what would radiate from her life is she is loved by God and other people are loved like she is. So we dedicate her in, the, her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Kenai? Did I say it right? Kenai. I said that the first time. <laughs> Kenai, your name means protector and guider to all. Also means loving and caring boy. And so, Lord, 
in the days of old, you would place guardians on the walls of Jerusalem that would watch to the north, to the south, and the east, and the west. And the scripture says, like the watchmen that wait for the morning, they stood on the wall, making sure that the walls, the city, the people of God were constantly protected and watched over. And so, Lord, I speak that, that spirit over his life, that he would be a watchful man, a guarder, a protector, looking out for those that are hurting and those who are weak, that he would be one that would look to those that need strength, to those that need encouragement, raise him up as a guard of the Most High, a prince of the King. We dedicate him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You got to let me go, dude. <laughs> Today, we dedicate Cooper. Cooper, your name means barrel maker. What do I do with that? But you know, in the book of John, we read about the very first, the very first miracle of Jesus. And the miracle happened when Jesus said, go draw water out of some jars. Can we write it this way? Go draw some water out of some barrels. <laughs> and that day a miracle took place when Jesus turned water into wine. And it happened just because vessels were made available. And when vessels are made available, God performs miracles. And so Cooper, what I speak over you, that you would be the most available vessel ever, then as you make yourself available, I pray that from your life, you would be the source of miracles. Miracles. That people would taste of your life and see that the Lord is so good. You are a vessel of the Most High. I speak that prophetically over your life, that you would be a vessel of joy, strength, peace, and blessing. Lord, he is yours, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over these parents, give them patience, give them kindness, Give them wisdom and give them strength. Help them to know what to do, God. And also, Lord, help them to know when to stand back and begin to let their kids begin to live and walk, knowing, God, that your hand is upon them. I just bless these parents and their homes, and I bless them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, as they're seated, would you give them a huge hand? Hey, what am I doing? Literally taking this back like I was done preaching. Some of you are like, yeah, best Sunday ever. Oh, my word. Thank you so much for your patience with this morning. Um, this is, if, if you don't get blessed by baby dedication, I don't know what to think of you because this is such a, it's such a phenomenal time of just speaking over children and families. Um, like we said, this Sunday is a little bit differently. Um, here at K-First, there's two things that we'll say of our church. If you're new to us or new with us, um, we are an Assemblies of God church, which means we are part of a fellowship of churches that go worldwide. Uh, the Assemblies of God is the number one missions uh, reaching agency globally. It's just, it's just very known for that. I think that's phenomenal. And I'm glad that we are a part of that, but we are not a denomination. Uh, we're known as a fellowship. And what that means is, is we are united by doctrine, 
but we get to be, we can express it in the way that we need to in our culture here in Kalamazoo. That's why you can go um, over to Lover's Lane to Christian Assembly of God or go over to Battle Creek to Journey Church or in Comstock to Nazareth, Nazareth Assembly. And you can find the same doctrine, but you're going to find different expressions, uh, probably taller pastors. Uh, you're going to find different, uh, just a different experience every time, but we are united together. And the beauty of our fellowship is we are not governed by the top down. We have accountability and we get to govern ourselves. That's why we've got like a board of trustees. Uh, we've got a constitution and bylaws for our church. And uh, so when it comes to K-First, we are also a congregational church. That means that you are led pastorally, you're advised by an awesome board of trustees and you are supported by active partners. And so today, I wanna welcome seven new partners of Kalamazoo First Assembly of God. And so I'm gonna ask them to come right up front here. Um, as I call their names, uh, Nancy, Nancy LeDuc, Margarita Colon, David and Cindy Grimmer, who could not be here today, um, uh, Michelle Hope, Michelle uh, Bowen, who could not be here, she got called in to work this morning, and Scott Knoppen. I hope I said that correct. If you all would just come forward and just face me. And baby, I'm going to ask you, and she's my wife, I don't call everybody baby, by the way, if you're brand new. So we got a handful of people who just could not be here. If you would hand them each a key. They're not made of gold, so don't, don't. <laughs> Baby, you got one. Thank you. What I do with partners is I give them a blank key. And the beautiful thing about a blank key is as of right now, um, we don't know what it's going to fit into. But the beautiful thing is it has got a lot of possibilities. You see, to you, our new partners, when you came to K-First, you got a fresh start. That means that you don't necessarily carry the previous ministries that you were involved in with you. They're always with you, but that's not necessarily what you have to do when you come here. On top of that, and I know this from experience, some of us have gone through church hurt, and guess what? When you came here, you get to set some of that behind you. You set some experiences behind you. He said, previous administrations behind you, and you come with a fresh start. And the beautiful thing about stepping into partnership is as you begin to get involved, you begin to realize that you, begin, you start making fresh grooves. You begin to find your fit. You begin to look around and you start getting involved in ministry. And as you get involved in ministry, all of a sudden new grooves begin to kind of get worn into those spots. And it reminds you that God is not done with you yet. I give these to new partners because I want them to know that you have not come here just to sit at K-First. You've come to be a participator. You've not come to be a spectator. But I'm here to say God is not done with you. God has plans and he's got purposes, whether it's a greeter, prayer team, kids ministry, nursery ministry, youth ministry, or whatever God would call you into, I believe God has yet to show you completely what he's ready to do through your life. See, partners, you own the atmosphere of K-First. You own the atmosphere. When you come in, I'm expecting you to lead in worship. Uh, maybe not from a microphone, but be a leader out here. I expect you to lead by the way you greet people and you smile at people. I expect you not just to own the atmosphere, but to own the heart of K-First. When the heart of K-First is not containing what happens here, here, but you carry it out into the world and you own the vision. You invest in the kingdom. 
You walk in such a way that makes the kingdom tangible to the world around you. And so today, I want to pray over you as new partners and ask that God would take your life and begin to work in what your fit is and what it will be, believing that the best has yet to come. So would you do me a favor? We do this in the church often. Would you just stretch a hand toward these four here? And we're going to include Michelle, David, and Cindy as well, who could not be here. And we're just going to pray over them. Jesus, I thank you for these seven new partners that are stepping into a role at K-First that says, we're not, we're not just going to attend. We want to be a part of the core of what is happening in this church body. And so, Lord, I just speak blessings upon them, Lord. I ask that you would fill them with your presence in a deep way. I pray that you would begin to open up their eyes to see ministries for them to venture into, God. I pray that you would begin to open up their eyes to see, to see tables to be a part of, that you would help them be pioneers, Lord, in introducing themselves and greeting people to connect with others, God, to be voices of the Lord to those that sit with them, to be the hands of God to those hurting around them, God. We just commission them as partnership to be a part of this body to help make it simple for people to find and follow you. We speak the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And everyone says, can we give them a hand this morning as they're seated? Thank you, guys. Thank you all. And what I love about this type of Sunday is we get to dedicate kids. We get to um, welcome in new partners. But we also get to choose new trustees for this body. And for some of you, this is a weird experience. I had pastors, when we first went toward this process, I had pastors that said, that's the weirdest thing, Dave. And after a couple years, they went through a couple issues with church politics and they were calling me, whispering on the phone, how did you do that? What, what had to be done? I, I'm telling you what, when we voted for this a handful of years ago, our church, it was, a bit, it was unanimous. We want no politics. And so this year, what we do is we have seven board members that sit upon our board and they advise this pastor. They keep this pastor accountable. They pray for this pastor. Man, a year ago, I had to make one of the toughest decisions of my life. And I'm telling you what, one of their first responses was to surround me and pray over me. The begin, I remember at the beginning of this year, just going through a breaking time in my own spirit. And one of the first things they did was stand up and they gathered around me. I am thankful for men and women that have served this pastor for the past 13 years. If you have been or are presently a board member at KFIRST, could you just stand? If you have been or you are, would you just stand to your feet? Can we just thank them? Y'all may be seated. I want to say, especially over the past year, thank you to, to Tony Parker. Uh, thank you to Travis Erickson. Thank you to Terry Brogan, three T's. Um, that served for the past three years um, that are stepping off the board. Technically, they're all eligible to serve an additional three years because when you are chosen to be a board member, it's a three-year, I was going to say a three-year stint, like it's prison. Um, it's a three-year term to serve alongside of this pastor, and you get to serve two in a row if you are chosen to do that. Then you got to take a year off. But I just want to welcome to our three seats, I'm going to do this blindfolded here, this is Oscar-esque here. Jay Bradford, who was an alternate last year. We've got, well, I still chose two, I'll go in order here. Tim Volker, and then we've got Shane Craker as our three brand new board members. Are you gentlemen here this morning? I don't know if 
Jay is over here. Do I have Shane Craker over here? Um, do I have Tim? I think Tim might have had to work this morning. Could you two stand right where you're at? And could we get some people around them and just, could we just lay hands upon them? Thank you, thank you. We'll choose our alternates later. Could we just lay hands upon them? Congregation, could we just pray over these individuals? Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the book of Acts that tells us that it's when it seemed good to us and good to you, God, that we could be a church, the type of church that sends leadership out. And so, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for these three individuals, for Tim, for Jay, and for Shane. For, Lord, the goodness of the Lord that is going to not just shine upon them to enable them to do this, but God's going to carry them through um, decisions, accountability, God, that's going to carry them through, Lord, uh, decisions that have to be made for this body and on behalf of this body. Lord, they're going to utilize them in prayer and intercession. You're going to utilize them, God, and stretch them in ways that's, that's, that's going to challenge them. And, Lord, at, at the same time, Lord, you're going to bless them and encourage them, and your strength is going to rest upon them and be gracious unto them. And Lord, I believe your face is going to turn toward them and grant them peace through this. Lord, I thank you for these three brand new trustees, and I just speak your blessing over them. We speak it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Could we give them a massive hand this morning? I told you, it is going to be a bit of a different type of service. Um, because I want to be the type of church that wants to be after all that God has. In fact, that's why I titled today, Pursue all that God has. I want to be the church that believes that God has more. I don't know if I'm the only one in the house. Do you want to be a part of a church that thinks God must have more? I want to be that type of church. How can we go into the Easter, uh, what do you call it, the Easter season and think God can't have more because when you look at the cross, you recognize God's got more. And when Jesus ascended into the heavens and the disciples were looking around, they didn't think, okay, he's done with us. He recognized God has more because Pentecost took place. And when Pentecost took place and all of a sudden the gospel began to, to, to spread, it's because God has more. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10, says, but it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this to the church in Corinth, and he is making a statement. He is saying, listen, you haven't seen everything yet. You haven't seen everything yet because God has things prepared. I'm so thankful that God's not done with you. Someone needs to, someone needs to wake up your neighbor and say, wake up, God's not done with you. If they're sleeping, say, hey, wake up, Pastor Dave wanted you to pray out loud. <laughs> we did that to a guy in chapel service in Bible college. It was amazing. He stood up and started praying. Awkward and awesome at the same time. But I love the last part of this because it says the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I want to be a church about the Spirit of God because as we search after the Spirit of God and we go after the Spirit of God, the promise is, is that He is going to give us the deep things of God. The word spirit there is the Greek word pneuma, which means breath, energy, life, 
wind. I want the deep things of God, which means we need to be a people of what the Spirit is up to. We just came out of a series two series ago that at the end of every one of those Revelations readings it says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. God, let us be that type of church that will hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 through 5, and my speech and my messages were not with implausible words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Man, I don't know about you. I want what Paul was challenging the church in Corinth to have. I want a demonstration of the power of God. I'm not, I hope that you have not shown up here to hear something nice heard from Pastor Dave or even something challenging from Pastor Dave. My hope is that you have not shown up for Pastor Dave because that would be a very poor reason to show up to church. I hope that you've come to meet with Jesus. I hope that you come to meet with others so that together we can meet with Jesus, not to have a great service, but to have a demonstration of the power of God. That's why we sing what we sing. That's why we pray the way that we pray. That's why we get excited about what God is doing. That's why when we see children being born and dedicated to Jesus, we clap, or we see leaders separated, or partners coming to be a part of things. We are seeing lives change, people moving forward, and we are seeing a legit demonstration of the power of God. God, do it more. We want more. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is just not a lot of talk. It's, it is living by God's power. I love the New Living Translation there. The kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Please don't ever be that person that talks a great game. Show up on Monday. Show up on Wednesday. Show up every day of the week and dive into everything that God has for you. And so today, I just want to give you a quick challenge at our Partnership Summit. A quick word to our church about the heart of this pastor for this assembly. I want to really challenge you. And I'm going to challenge you with three different things. And I'm going to use a very theological word that we've all heard of in this house, but maybe have not thought about it in that sense. And the word is baptism. The word baptism in the original language, it's the word baptizo and means to immerse yourself. And so there are three things I'm going to challenge this church body to immerse themselves in. If you're taking notes, you're a note taker, write this down. Number one, immerse yourself into the body of Christ. Immerse yourself into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. Galatians 3. For in Christ Jesus you were all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Now this word baptism is that word immersed into. And what the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and Galatia is he's writing to them saying that you are baptized into Christ. What is he talking about? He's talking about salvation. And the beautiful thing is, is when you give your heart to Jesus, you put faith in Jesus, the trust of your life in Jesus, you're not joined in with Jesus, but you are joined in with a family. You're joined into a church. Some of you that freaks you out, you're like, I will never join a church. Guess what? If you've given your life to Jesus, you are already connected to the big C, greater body of Christ that goes beyond the four walls of this church. You are baptized in Jesus, baptized in what the Lord has done and also into what the Lord is doing. 
I want you to understand that God has got great things in store for you. God's got great things in store for your life. And I believe that he is truly, he truly is um, telling us the best has yet to come for this church. Now, uh, today I want to just share with you some of the, the great testimonies of what the Lord is doing. Uh, babe, could you hand me my phone right down there? This is a phenomenal weekend. Why is this a great weekend? Because number one, today is my wife's birthday. <laughs> she is four, 24 today. We're just going to stick at 24, and I will not pay any dear prices. Um, but uh, I love, I love being married to this woman. I love that I, that I get to minister with her. And if I ever have a bad Sunday preaching, you're like, that was not a good message. Most likely she was not sitting in the front over there. And as I, I always say, I preach differently. Also, in two days, it will be our 13th anniversary of being the pastors at Kalamazoo First. This is a big weekend for us. You guys have tolerated us for over almost 13 years here. You poor souls. Uh, but we serve a church that just God has been doing great things through. And I just want to share with you some testimonies from our staff. Uh, let's talk about kids first. Uh, we're very thankful for the ministry of Pastor Kevin and Alinka uh, Bunteen. Pastor Kevin and Alinka got married this past summer. If you have yet to meet her, uh, most likely you have not volunteered in kids ministry because Pastor Kevin and Alinka are down that direction. You need to meet her. She is sensational and she is such a blessing to this staff. And uh, Pastor Kevin just writes that it was the first, this past year was the first full year back to in-person ministry for Kids First coming out of COVID. Says it's been an absolute joy to safely see and minister to all of our kids in person again. He's been able to relaunch and incorporate new service elements. Uh, right now he's teaching our kids how to journal. He's teaching our kids how to pray. He's teaching our kids to own their own faith and to connect with God. Aren't you thankful that we have got a kids ministry that does more than says, just follow and do whatever your parents do. They want our kids to own their faith and to follow Jesus from the youngest of ages. We don't babysit at K-First. We do kids ministry and we raise our kids to follow Jesus Christ. This year, he's welcomed six new team members. Uh, we've had uh, multiple families come in and call this church home. And he is about establishing new foundations for next-gen ministries. For Nursery and Real, uh, Pastor Carissa Wygant uh, has done an amazing no job, not just doing youth ministry, but she's helped take on some next-gen ministry with kids and with nursery. And so thank you to Pastor Carissa and Noah for their hard work and what they do on Sunday mornings and also on Wednesday nights. If you are a teenager and you have not connected to Real, you need to come out Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We are seeing tons of new, uh, new faces, tons of new babies. Uh, in fact, she writes, we're seeing a baby boom. Lots of new tiny faces. Um, team members are faithfully serving infants, toddlers, pre-Kers um, through increased anxiety separation from parents. <laughs> parents, it's all good. We got them taken care of. And as a result, our team members have just been faithful and consistently caring for our kids. And not just have we seen an increase of babies and toddlers coming to the nursery, but this is a big deal. We've seen an increase in babies and toddlers staying in the nursery for the entirety of the service. That's a big deal. Some of you are like, why is that a big deal? Uh, you haven't dropped your little one off in a long time. Then, and our kids are loving 
being a part of what's happening in our nurseries. Our kids are connected to one each other. We have little ones that are calling each other friend down there. I, that literally makes me want to cry. Um, our baby and our, our pre, preschool and nursery is more than babysitting. They are faithfully in, in investing into our youngest of kids and come alongside of parents to offer support. In terms of our Wednesday nights, we, they continue to meet every single Wednesday. Um, our teenagers are studying in-depth wisdom, gleaning from the book of Proverbs. They're learning how to break off into small groups and developing community. Uh, once a month, they're doing a meal with one another and intentionally connecting over the breaking of bread so that we can have life together around tables. We are equipping students with life skills and helping them to establish connections with people, not just in the four walls of the church, but outside the four walls of the church. We have fun. We have regular game nights, but these nights are more than just fun. We are making connections from students to leaders and looking forward to what God has in store. I'm very thankful for the prayer and care ministry that Janice Van Hoover has been faithfully serving. Uh, she has established care deacons. We, have, we are commissioning six men and women this coming Wednesday that are going to be care deacons. What does that mean? Is they're going to help the pastoral staff with hospital visitation, home visitation, to help care for our community. And we are going to be giving them assignments that will be in their future, but we celebrate God separating them and giving us these deacons. We have established, we have a prayer ministry that's been in a rebuilding year as we have been participating in pre-service prayer as well as post-service prayer. If you have never been a part of our pre-service prayer from 9 to 9.30 in our prayer room at the very end of the hall, you can join them. Anybody can show up. And after service, if you need prayer, walk down to the end of the hall and they are waiting for you to pray over you. In fact, Bob Van Hoover, Janice's husband, he's our operations manager. He has been working this past year to help facilitate the prayer room. And so do we have pictures ready for that? We have pictures of our brand new prayer room, that, this room that has been designated solely for the for de development of prayer and the implementation of prayer. So if you're looking to get prayer in your life, you need someone to speak over your life, you need healing in your body, we are a church that cuts our teeth on prayer. A prayerless church is a weak church, and we will be a strong church, not because of a program, but because we will be a people that will call upon the name of the Lord. Lord. That's who we are. So if you need prayer at the end of the hall, please join us. This past year, we had a school of prayer, and we had that, it actually took, just took place in February, where we were watch people just bring a greater revelation to the hearts and minds of people that were just wanting to connect to the heart of the Father, helping the people to know the who, what, when, where, why, and how of prayer, the authority of praying God's word. And this coming May, we're going to do another school of prayer. So if you want to learn how to pray, go deeper in prayer. Mark your calendars for May 6th and 7th. Um, also, this coming Passion Week, so we're talking about April the 11th through the 15th, we are going to be opening up our prayer room. It's got its own entrance, so you can park right there. We're going to open up the prayer room from 6 to 8 a.m., 11 to 1 p.m., and 6 to 8 p.m. And what we're going to do, excuse me, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., do not show up at 11 p.m. on those evenings. You will believe in the rapture at that point. But what we're going to do is we are going to have a response to the Lord's death and resurrection. And what we're going to do is facilitate a time where you can come in, reflect upon the historical and spiritual events of Passion Week, and look at 2,000 years ago and how it affects your life. This is not going to be a time for bringing requests to the Lord. This is a time to set aside 
just time of you and Jesus to come in, to sit in quietness, to sit with your Bible, to sit with your journal, and to soak in the presence of the Lord. This past year has been uh, a challenging year to say the least. In fact, the past two years for most churches has been a challenging years financially. And I wanna thank Pastor Marty Brightup who has done an amazing job helping us navigate our finances. Uh, Pastor Marty, thank you. Uh, to our treasurer, Al Smith, thank you. To our board of trustees, thank you for your constant stewardship and the way that you look over this church. Uh, KFIRST operates on a budget that is based off projected giving. Um, if you're new to this church, you're like, do you charge people to come to the church? We do not charge anybody to come to this church. People do ask me that. But we challenge people to give out of the abundance of what God has given them. And so we operate on a budget based upon what we project, and our organization changes as we become stewards of what God has given us. And what we have determined to do is we, ex we, we challenge you to tithe, but we work to make sure that we are tithing from what you give, and we give to missions. And that enables us to send missionaries around the world. The end of this year ended with what we see as a slight deficit that we were able to overcome because we are a saving church. We are good stewards. Uh, we, we expected $756,000, a little bit more than $74,000, excuse me. $756,000 came in, seven hundred and forty-one. Thousand came in. I was going to say 74,000. That's a massive excess of over $700,000. Pastor Dave, you got to do something about that. Um, but we had a slight deficit that came in, but because of your generosity over the past number of years, we do have a savings and we were able to cover that. And the question is, well, Pastor Dave, what do we do about that? Well, we change up our budget. We look at our budget and we navigate it in such a way that we look at actual giving and we do ministry based upon that. And what I'm gonna challenge you to do is this, is be a giver. If you are a tither, just keep tithing. If you have never tithed, step on and, and join us. If you've never given before and you're thinking to yourself, well, I can't tithe, well then give something. I'm gonna challenge you, no matter where you're at, I'm gonna challenge you just to give and to pour into the kingdom because the more that you're able to sow into the kingdom, the more ministry we send out from the kingdom because the goal of KFIRST is not to build nicer buildings. And we've got a great building and we've got upkeep with the building. But the goal is we want to send out more missionaries. We want to do more ministry in the community. We want to do more with those that are hurting out in the community. And the more that we are able to sow into the kingdom together, the more that we can do for the kingdom of God. I want to say this as a pastor. To be baptized into the body of Christ means that we are part of this and we are in this thing together. We are in this thing together. What happens in kids' ministry is affected by what happens here. And what happens here affects them. What happens here affects Wednesdays. What happens here affects what we do throughout the week. And I'm so thankful that I get the opportunity for as long as you will keep me to help serve and to facilitate the move of God in and through this community. Staff, I just want to say in front of this congregation, I love you tremendously. And I count it an honor that I get to serve with you and, and really making it simple for people to find and follow Jesus. Could we give this staff a massive hand? I know this is not the normal Sunday, but I think it's good to share these things. So you were baptized, Scripture says, into Christ. And then we're given a second baptism that most of us have heard of, and it's baptism in water. 
We are a church that believes in baptism of water. Why is there a difference between being baptized in Christ and baptized in water? Because there are two, there are two different things. Because some people have merged them together. Some of you have come from churches or denominations that have said that unless you are baptized in water, you are not going to heaven. But I'm here to say the scripture says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 8 and 9, that you are saved by grace through faith. Not by grace through works, because if we get to earn something, we get to take ownership or credit for some of that. And we are a church that does not believe, we do not believe that you have to be water baptized to be saved. I've prayed with people on their deathbed that did not have a chance to be baptized. I prayed with individuals where accidents took place afterwards that we did not expect. And there are some churches that believe it, we do not believe that. In fact, there are some churches that believe that if the person baptizing doesn't say the right words, that person wasn't really baptized. Imagine the stress of going under the water thinking to yourself, is Pastor Dave saying the right words? Here at K-First, we make it simple. Next week, we're going to baptize people into water and we're going to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we do it all in the name of Jesus. We cover all of our bases. And we do it because that's what Jesus shows us and that's what scripture commands us. If you have never been baptized, I'm going to challenge you. Sign up this week. Let's get you baptized next week. I don't care about your age. I don't care. I don't care if, well, well, Pastor, what if I was sprinkled as a kid? I'm here to really challenge your heart. And I don't think that's a bad thing to be sprinkled as a kid. But the New Testament shows us that those who decided to follow Jesus, they submitted themselves to be water baptized. It is your public profession. I'm here to tell you that this ring that I wear right here, this does not make me married to Anne. I can leave it off, and I promise you I will get in trouble for that. <laughs> but when I received a ring almost 24 years ago, 24 years next month, when I received the ring, that didn't make me married to Anne. You know what it is? It's a symbol to the world around me that Dave Berenger is committed to somebody. I was going to say, Dave Berenger's off the market. That was going to come off really odd. <laughs> Dave is committed to somebody. It represents something to the public around me that my heart, my life, my body, my everything is committed to one person. Do you know what baptism is? It's the wedding ring. It's the badge of the believer. It says to the world around us that I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to tell people what's happened. And I'm going to make this public profession that when I go under the water, what went under the water was the person I used to be. And what comes up out of the water is a person that is clean, a person that is new, is an uncut key, ready to see what God's going to do through my life. If you've never been baptized, would you take that second baptism? Would you sign up online right now? Would you write a note to us? Send us an email. Do something. Let somebody know and let's baptize you and let's proclaim the goodness of God in and through your life. Invite your family members. People need to see the goodness of God in your life. It's the wedding ring. You gotta do it. And the third baptism, and I wrap up with this. So Emily, I'm gonna need you to come help me shut up here. Number three, baptism in the spirit. Baptism in the body. We have baptism in, the, in water and we have baptism in the spirit. And this is what's cool. Because when we look at the three baptisms, we all assume water baptism is the most talked about one. But au contraire, the last one is actually the most talked about. It's baptism in the spirit. 
The baptism in the Spirit is, is enabling us to live a Spirit-empowered life. Well, Pastor, are you talking about praying in tongues? Yes and no. Because let me just let you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit is more than praying in tongues. If you think my goal for you is to get you to pray in tongues, you've missed the boat. My goal in you is to find and follow Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, that you invite the spirit of God's baptism to come upon your life. Now, some of you, because I've talked with you, have come from denominations that said, unless you speak in tongues, you can't go to heaven. I'm here to tell you, you can't find that in scripture one iota. I knew somebody, she goes, when they baptized me in water, they made me stay in the water until I spoke in tongues. And she goes, so I faked it. And she says, and then I didn't go back. I'm like, thank God you did not go back. I'm not poking fun here. I'm giving you a warning. We can't attach salvation to our works. It's not of our own doing. It's by the grace of Jesus. But some of us have stopped with salvation thinking, okay, I got my ticket punched to heaven. I'm done. I'll say it again. Oh, contraire. I don't know how to hashtag that or spell that. But I'm here to say, God has got so much more for your life. There's so much more for your life. He wants you to be baptized. What does that mean? He wants you to be immersed in the Spirit of God. Let me show you a story. Oh, this is so good. I'm so excited. Uh, Acts chapter 8. This is so good. Acts chapter 8. Philip went down to the city of, of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. But they, but they believed, when they believed Philip, here's the first baptism, as he preached, he put their trust in Jesus. They heard about Jesus. They put their faith in Jesus. They're baptized into the body. He preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. And they were baptized, the second baptism, both men and women. That's a big deal because a lot in that culture only put focus on men. The kingdom of God. Jesus was a liberator of women. He liberated the gospel for both men and women. He saw them as equal, bearing the image of God. Then it says, Now the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent that to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for they had not yet, had, had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of Lord Jesus, and they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. I love that. All three baptisms are right there in front of us. First John chapter 5. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree. Do you see all three? We got the Holy Spirit, the pneuma. We got the water, the testimony. We've got the blood, the blood that we're going to preach about in a couple weeks. The blood of Jesus for salvation. They testify. I want you to write something down. What I have is not all that God has. I want that to sink down. What I have is not all that God has. There is more. There is more. God's not done with you. God has not brought you this far just to take you this far. We preach it all the time. The best has yet to come. I've had people debate me on that. Oh, Pastor Dave, in the last days, the world's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. you got to tell people about that. But I'm like, listen, the world can get worse, but Jesus is coming back, so that means the best is still yet to come. Oh, Pastor Dave, bad things can happen. You know what? Death could happen. But for the believer, you know what that means? The best has yet to come. 
mom. What I have is not all that God has. That means God wants more anointing, more power, signs and wonders, healing, miracles. He's got more for you and he's got more for us. Listen, COVID, let's just be real. COVID hit this church hard. Numerically, financially, ministry, serving. But you know what? I don't hang my head because I look at what God is doing. I look at children. I look at partners. Next week we'll look at baptism. And I begin to get stoked in my own heart because I realize that what we have now is not all that God has for us. There is more. There's more. And so we will be a church that will pursue everything that God has for us. We're going to call you back to altars to pray. We're going to call you to surrender your life to the Lord and to consider things that you've never done before. We're going to challenge you to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Well, pastor, why don't people pursue the Holy Spirit? I believe it's really for three reasons. Number one, I believe some people are ignorant about the Holy Spirit. Some of you think the Holy Spirit's like Star Wars. It's just a force that lingers around you. But the Holy Spirit's not an it. He's a he. In Acts chapter 19... I'm reading through the book of Acts. I'm loving Acts right now. But he, uh, Acts chapter 19, the scripture says that they approached these people and talked to them about the Holy Spirit. And they said, we had not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Some of you, you haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Or all you heard was kooky, weird things about the Holy Spirit. Swinging on chandeliers, handling snakes, cheering for the cowboys, things like that. I'm here to tell you, the Spirit of God has not come upon your life to make you spooky. He's come upon your life to make you powerful. Some people are just uninformed. Some people have grown apathetic. The word apathetic in Latin, it's a pathos. A without pathos, passion. And some people just don't want more. And there's a, let me give you a great word. It's, it's a chemistry word. The word is entropy. And it's the idea that something that sits, energy will decline and get less than if it's not used. And what has happened in a lot of churches is because we want a lot of Spirit of God to move in our lives. And now, well, Pastor, we need more of that on a Sunday. Listen, the Sunday is not us being free during a Sunday morning. What happens on Sunday is the result of our week. And so I want to be a spirit of, I want to be a spirit-driven church. In fact, I wrote it this way. The Spirit of God is not here for a fun Sunday, but a functional Monday. Spirit of God is not here for us to have a great Sunday morning. And I think we've had a great Sunday morning. Come back next week. John will be better than me. But the Spirit of God is not us for us to have fun on a Sunday. It's to empower you for Monday. It's to empower you on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays again. And my prayer is that what happens on Sunday is the overflow of how the Spirit of God has been working in your life. I want to be a Spirit-driven church. So some have been uninformed. Some are apathetic. Lastly, some just have fear. Well, Pastor, I'm a little bit nervous about the Holy Spirit. You know what? I've been nervous about the Holy Spirit before because I remember when I, I did not want the Holy Spirit to, be, to come into my life in terms of a baptism of the Holy Spirit because I was so scared he was going to call me into ministry. I had a friend who's like, God is going to call me to Africa. There's no way I was going to go to Africa. I had another person, God is going to call me to South Africa or South America. I'm like, why would you pick that? That was the first thing to come to my mind. Guess what? God called them to both. And God sent them to both. Well, Pastor Dave, you're saying that God's going to call us to another country. No, but I, 
God may call you to a workplace. God may call you to a neighborhood. God may call you to a city. God may call you into ministry. God may tug on your heart. We've got to be the type of church that just simply says yes to God. Because Jesus said, I will give you the Spirit of God when I go. The Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. And understand that he's not going to send something to you that's going to hamper you or to punish you. James 1 says that he is a good Father. And everything that he gives is so good. And my challenge to you is this, is would you just give God all access and to pursue everything that he has for you? Would you just pursue everything that he has? This year, I believe it's gonna be the greatest year for this church. I truly believe it with, with all my heart. It's been a rough couple years. You talk, talk to Ann and I, we'll, we'll have therapy sessions with you. It's been a rough couple years. But there's been something that has happened this year that we've determined we will pursue all that God has for this church. We are going to get on our knees like we've never gotten before. We're going to open up our lives to the Spirit of God like we've never done before. We're going to call you into seasons of prayer and fasting. And we're going to seek God like we've never done before. We're going to ask you to begin to seek God for yourself and consider getting yourself involved in some aspect. To join tables, to pray, to go into the prayer room and to seek the face of God. We're going to challenge you exactly what God challenged the people of Israel through the book of of Ezekiel. When Ezekiel chapter 47 he showed the prophet, he said, listen, go ankle deep in water, measure out and get ready to go deeper. And if you read Ezekiel 47, he continued, the, the prophet continued to measure out. And as he measured out, he began to follow that measurement. And he said he got to the point where he could not even stand. God, that we would be a church that would pursue all that you have to the point where we're like saying, God, take us further. And when God takes us further, we don't stop there. There's more. There's still souls to be saved, lives to be healed, hearts to be touched. There's still kids that need Jesus. There's still parents that need Jesus. There's still ministries to birth. We've got seats that need to be filled, not to create numbers, but we are going to pillage the kingdom of hell in 2022. And we're going to claim every soul that we can for the gospel of Jesus Christ because people are worth it. They're worth it. They're worth it. We're not going to stand back and shout and say, hey, come over to us. We're going to go to them. We're going to go to people. We're going to love them. We're going to put arms around them. We're going to engage them. And we're going to pursue everything that God has. Would you bow your head? I'll shut up now.